0: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.
1: I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the The After Parties. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established
4: You're listening to Studio 22. Welcome yeah. to Studio 22, boys. <laughs> Yo,
5: thanks for having us. Yeah, for
6: sure.
4: As always, we're here with Will Meldman, the co-host. And we've got the founders of X-Posse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Some fellow comic book homies. And we got Lorenzo and Sean. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks Welcome on, boys. Us.
5: Yeah. Thanks for having us.
4: Yeah. Well, dude, I mean... We could really start anywhere, but like I, I'd, I'd love to know how you guys met originally. I don't think we ever even talked about that. The origin story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Is it safe for on air? Yeah, yeah.
5: I think Shawnee could <laughs> kick
6: that off. We we we, there was this tour, that this kind of rogue promoter, he wasn't. No one knew who he was. He wasn't from Live Nation or anything. He was just a trippy random guy in like New York mm. who. I think he had like a FedEx company or something, just random, and <laughs> and yeah, I think he was like a shipping entrepreneur or something. And the I was in this band called Drown, and we were signed to David Geffen's company. And uh, oh,
7: nice! What kind of music?
6: It was like heavy and with like industrial loops and stuff. Hell yeah! And. Uh, he, my singer, like, met that guy, and he was trying to put a tour together, and I, I had worked on the first Slipknot record nice. as Ross Robinson's assistant. And Sick. I'd done a few records with him just as his kind of, like, wingman while he was producing these giant records. And uh, and we got a hold of that guy, and then all of a sudden the tour just started f- coming together really quickly, and, and Slipknot said yes. Sick. And then... Hate breed, I think, jumped on Slayer, Slayer. Sepultura.
5: Seven mm-hmm. Dust.
6: Mm-hmm. It Head was beat. called
5: Tattoo the Earth. Mm-hmm. It was a very unique um, festival that should be re, you know, like redone. It's been twenty something years now, 23, mm-hmm. 24 years yeah. since we met, mm-hmm. and uh, they they had like Paul Booth and Philip Blue. All these huge tattoo artists back in the day followed a the tour. They were on the tour, so they have ta- it was concert, obviously, two different stages, bands from every realm of metal and rock, and then you had a tattoo section where all these people were getting tattooed by these famous artists. So it was very cool. It was tattooed the earth only once, and it never happened again. But I think you know reasons why. But that's where we met. I was teching for the band Hatebreed. I was a guitar player. In a band called Swan Enemy, but the singer Jamie Josta from Hatebreed started our band, and you know I became close with him, and we became really you know good friends. And I guitar attacked for Boulder, who's who passed away, rest in peace. But you know that's when I met Shawnee.
6: Yeah, and and Bill Fold, yeah. pre Coachella. He's one of the
5: pre no, Coachella started already. What was it? Yeah, 99.
6: Okay. Yeah, so he already Damn. was,
5: him and Paul started that. And he was a with, tour manager. For Amen.
6: Yeah. No. Yeah, he was their tour manager and he was just starting Coachella.
3: Mm-hmm. That's wild. Oh, yeah.
6: Man. yeah. And, and I remember those first Coachellas weren't, the turnout wasn't very good. Yeah. Oh, it, it was,
7: was it was substantially smaller than it is now. Yeah. Like, because I, I think I went like probably eight out of the 10 years from age, like, 18 to, you know, 28. Yeah. And, you know, it, it started, like, good, big, you know, big festival. But by the time, you know, I was, like, 28, I'm, like, one, I'm too old to be here. <laughs> but, two, like, just massive. Who, yeah. Like, you can't even walk. Like
4: Who was headlining those back in the day now? the, the Chili the f- Peppers. Tool. Oh, Tool, Tool
6: and Rage was the first one. Rage, That's yeah. And, right. and the crowd didn't turn up. And they lost their shirt Damn. on it. And it was rough.
4: Was it just because the location or we didn't get the word out or it was think, too new, you know?
6: Mm, all of it, probably. And no, no one knew where Indio was. <laughs> they they didn't, just didn't. They, they didn't understand they get out
5: there. There wasn't Airbnb. There wasn't all these hotels that, you know, right. it, was just gender, it wasn't gentrified for festivals, I guess. No. Yeah. But they did a great job. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Bill was awarded some award for oh. like best. Something in mm-hmm. Palm Springs, you know. Yeah,
6: wow. but he's been, he's been a believer with the, our ex posse crew, mm-hmm. and he. So we came kind of full circle, and mm, I think well Bill and I met Lorenzo, and of all the characters backstage, you'd imagine all those bands like everyone's got a funny team. Yeah. Hey, breed rolled pretty deep, you know. It was very like high school. Uh, <laughs> high school like cafeteria yeah. and Slayers got their whole squad, you know, and, and and Lorenzo really stuck out. Me and Bill were always like, who's that Lorenzo. Lorenzo would wear like these Timberlands and these big ass shorts and he, he had like a Gold chain with a gold cross. I think it was like this <laughs> fucking big. It was so big. Oh, he yeah, wear a white beater like a Scully cap, and you just see him. You just see Lorenzo rolling. And we and all of us are like, who's that fucking guy? We always were like, where's that Lorenzo guy? We we loved him. He was so. He was like too good to be true. It just, it's just it, his the character, the personality on him was so great. The twenty two year
5: old Lorenzo,
6: <laughs> <laughs> completely different animal than I am today.
5: Trust me. But, <laughs> But, yeah it was just
6: hilarious and then the shenanigans every night after the show was just like the bu- the, the ridiculous things going on on the buses and just like 20 just, buses parked next to each other it's just like mayhem going on oh.
7: no fun at all yeah, <laughs> like, <yeah>.
6: and and, <laughs> and uh yeah i think that's that's where we met lorenzo me bill and i and i had known bill I've known Bill for, like, 30 years, probably. He was producing concerts uh, in Riverside. And uh, he had a a venue that held, like, 1,000 people. And, like, he'd put a show on, and, like, 1,000 kids would turn up, you know. And it would be, like, I don't know, face-to-face and Social D or or something like that, you know. And Rage would play shows for him, and No Doubt would play – His place, Gwen Stefani, baby, and and Travis Barker was living on his couch. I think think they were pretty sure. I know he paid Travis to tear tickets at the door. So awesome! That was like his one of his door guys. I I think I'm saying.
5: Shout out to Bill. Bill's one of the most low key (laughs) motherfuckers you'll ever meet. You'll never meet him. You won't know what he looks like. He's like a fucking. He's He's like a Russian spy. He's the fucking (laughs) best. (laughs) Fucking huge believer in us and fucking. So fucking, what he's done with Coachella and all the other concerts and Golden Voice and
6: whatever they've done is just yeah. unbelievable. So I think Lorenzo and I took the project, the idea down to, there was, a, there was an original guy that named Terrence who's from Santa Ana. Okay. And for, he was, came up in a rough area in Santa Ana. And, and he was a person... I had gone to pre Lorenzo because I had done three movies with him. he wrote this these horror musicals called the Devil's Carnival that had a big following oh cool and we 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 did like real business at Hot topic and we had there was yeah. a lot of people wearing our t shirts around and tattoos and and hot not,
7: topic's a big uh they're one of the biggest vendors at l a comic con yeah they're like a big yeah
6: okay so like I had gone to him because i that Devil's Carnival kind of came to an end after two of the movies, and and uh, but I'd learned a lot, and that was the director of saw two, three, four, he directed those two. I've produced like four of his movies. I had consulted on this Lionsgate movie called Repo, that had a big cult following. I remember Repo. And then so Darren and I had lunch. I had a good job at an office in Westwood, I was working for the streaming company. Everything was good, and Darren like, you know, hey, you want to produce this? movie you know and i was like i don't know how what does that mean how do you do Uh that you know and he was like no you can do it you're a hustler you you can do it you'll figure it out yeah right and i was like i i don't know how but okay you know and so that was the beginning you know so we we did i produced devil's carnival and then i produced a sequel and i liked the black fingernail audience the hot topic kids um I think Bill hooked us up with the honey wagons for the fucking stuff, you know. And I was just started putting it together. And I was like, okay, I just think I see how this works. Yeah. And then after those movies, I went to the writer, Terrence, who wrote all three of those movies. And we met up at this shady bar. And I was like, I want to do something like The Warriors meets Lost Boys with like a side order of Twilight, but not that clean and nice, grimy. And so that he he Terrence and I kind of started shaping it to a th- just to kind of make it something you can touch. Mm. It needed a l- it's it's really changed and grown, but yeah. that's where that was the like foundation to just start. Yeah, you know, because um, you just I think it's people just have to start, or you'll just talk about it forever. Yeah, and, and
7: always write it down, get your ideas out. Yep,
6: and, and yeah. it's like. I think if you put a bunch of people in a room, if we put a piece of canvas on an easel, and everyone had a brush and a paint, you stare at it. You could stare at it for a year, or someone could just oh, yeah. just paint a little circle on it, and then you'll go, "What if you put some blue on there? Green might be cool." And you add that, and then you're you're started. Yeah. You might throw that thing away a week later, but you got started.
4: Yeah, better than sitting there for another year still talking about what you're going to yeah. do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: And so, so. I had been thinking like Lorenzo would be such a great person to bring into the mix: uh, authenticity, street credibility, uh, big personality, the, the 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 strategy that he would think of would be a good balance. And we had this, we have another person who's really important to the team. This guy uh, Mark, who's more of a studio exec, and he has a whole skill set of its own you know and 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 so lorenzo and i went down i remember talking to lorenzo about it at coachella Coachella.
5: yeah me you and john yeah
6: and and there's a uh steven tyler's old manager one of his old managers is a shareholder in our company and uh we talked to lorenzo about it at coachella
7: so producing right that's yeah. team building yeah right like yeah. that's one of my favorite aspects of producing is team building and I love how you just explain that like he has his skills he has mm-hmm. his skills together we're gonna kick ass yeah right like and I you love know, that
6: yeah I, I you know and you try not to have too much over, you're gonna have some overlap but yeah. if you can if you gotta I, you know I don't want to speak sport I, I can't articulate sports too well, but, like, you know. Toolbox. You have, Toolbox. Yeah. Toolbox. Yeah. So, but it is, you know, you have, what, your your quarterback and your wide receivers and, and so forth, if you're going to break it out that way. But, like, we right. we wanted to put together this kind of squad and we wanted it kind of a little rough and ready. You know, we're not we're, – we're a scrappy group of dudes, you know, and um, we went down to the Golden Voice offices to pitch Bill to get involved and he doesn't live in the space at all he just kind of we had this little look book and yeah. he just he just looked through it and he was like i don't know what this is but it looks cool yeah <laughs>
5: we didn't even know what yeah. it was yeah and you he know? was
6: like i'm in yeah. you know oh, and, yeah that's awesome and he's just like hey, look this looks cool yeah okay yes sick <laughs> that's kind of how it went down yeah <laughs> and, yeah. and and we just built it out. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
4: When, so when was that? How long ago was that?
5: 2016, 2017. We started moving, you know, moving it yeah. down.
6: Yeah.
8: It's about Six, 10 years, years now. Yeah. No,
5: like, yeah, seven years, eight years. But it 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 wasn't, an uh, you know, ideally wasn't supposed to be a comic book. You know, it was just like we wanted to make a movie and try to go shoot something cool that hasn't been done in this universe. And we had... You know, we were like every other producer and writer and director in L.A. trying to figure out how to get another piece of paper and a lookbook, you know, made from scratch. And we were just burning out. It was just so we didn't have the idea. But our friend Patrick gave Shawnee the idea.
6: Well, so Mark, Mark pitched. Mark was like, this world's so big. I've been lucky getting movies made because I know the price point that I'm able to go get them made. Where I'm not, we've always had this joke like I don't want to make, I don't want to start Soho House Studios, yeah, which is like a lot of people talking about seventy-five million-dollar movies, yeah, yeah, right, and and, and like we, I don't speak that language, you know. Uh, I like to identify a price that we can back into, Um, and we did it with. uh, with Darren, we did it in Japan with Hulu. You know, they, they had come with a napkin pitch. And it was really? nothing. Yeah, it was a napkin pitch for a TV show, but the it was already greenlit. And they gave us the budget, so we had to back the whole show into the budget backwards. Wow. Uh, we, they were like, you have 700 grand an episode or something. It was like six episodes or 30 minutes. And we were like, okay. And the guy had an idea on a. Fucking paper towel, you know. And it go. It's already approved, and then we had to create the whole thing into that thing, right? So that's kind of cool, though. It was oh, yeah. interesting, yeah, for sure. And, and, and but with this, we were like, okay, we're gonna make it for two million dollars, and then it was like, now we got to write it. You know what I mean? But it's like right. we didn't want it to get stuck on some pile. It was like, no, we're really gonna go do it for yep. real, you know. So all the meetings were like, no, we're actually doing it. And we've been doing it, so this one is special. And then people would call and try to option it. We have said no. We got a lot of like we have been really blessed to get a lot of good press. And then the phone rings each time, and it's always an option. You know, that isn't attractive.
7: Well, it means you're doing something right.
6: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we we we've, we've got we get those calls, and it's like no, no. Or we we we'd get close on something, and our gut would say yeah, this feels, eh. you know, yeah. we're taking a shortcut or. I don't know that we we always kind of like no this thing's got to be a thing but not not this thing has to be a trillion dollars just it has to feel it has to feel right we got to have sure. the right squad it's just got to be the right thing it's got to be a good vibe and and mm, there's gonna be a budget for it but we st- we try not to create these. If we don't have so and so attached, we're not going to get the foreign sales against the baba and da da da. Like, we, t- we really try to stay clear of that. Yeah.
7: I mean, if there's a certain amount of money that you can access, I mean, you can you almost get anything made, right? Um, that's certainly the hard part is getting money committed to the project, right? Yeah. So it's like, I love that. You know what you have, and then you're like, okay, we're going to do it. Yeah. No more sitting around. We're gonna go make it. Yeah,
6: hell yeah. And we and we we will make a poster very early on, you know. And then all the credit block is just like X's. You know? Right, right, right.
7: <laughs> we we had one of those on the resort. All the fill-in <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And,
6: and and we we like to manifest it into, uh. You know, we have a movie coming out in April called Trim Season and Trim Season. Yeah.
5: Dude, hell yeah. And congrats uh, it's about getting
6: again, shredded. Yeah. right yeah so (laughs) totally
5: shred movie
6: yeah yeah
7: what what can you tell us about it
6: yeah well it was uh so weird how things work um i was in portland after devil's carnival 2 and that didn't have a great ending on it there was a lot of uh friction involved with that and uh i was really depressed and this friend of mine i went to see him just to kind of kill time because i was so depressed (laughs) about how that movie had gone and he was like hey man do you know about these people going missing in humboldt county and i was like what is it he's like oh yeah i was like no he's like yeah during the trim season i was like that sounds scary he's well i have a synopsis and i was like all right and uh he sent the synopsis, and I, I, I knew about a writer that we had worked with. And I didn't want it to be five five girls die in the woods. You know? Right, right. So, you know, I was like, well, can I play around with it? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, what if we put a witch in the woods? And she runs the grow, and she needs their – they're going missing because she needs them for something. Maybe the soil. That was kind of my – Pedestrian idea. And yeah, then,
7: getting the wheels going. Yeah,
6: and then I sent, I called this writer and was like, "What if there's a witch in the woods? She's the girls are going missing. She needs their blood. She's taking something from the girls, maybe, and putting it into the ground, and the ground sacred. It's just I don't want it to be true crime. Something more horror, more
7: supernatural. Kind yeah. Of? yeah, yeah. Because yeah.
6: yeah. I was like, I don't know if I can sell true crime. I don't know if I'm any good at." It. Never done it. Right. Only horror and thrillers. So Stick to
4: what you know. I didn't
6: want bot- to botch something, especially with someone else's money and screw it. You know what I mean? I, wanted, yeah. I was like, I kind of know how to do this pretty good. You know, so, um, yeah, it's uh, it's based on people do go missing up there a lot during. Oh,
7: I've read a bunch of crazy stuff up there in Humboldt. I, I, that's a great topic for a film. I'm excited for that.
6: And and we had fun making it. Yeah. We went to uh Utah. Utah, baby. And shot it.
7: Was there any up uh north in the in the bay or or in Humboldt that you did or?
6: Well, we did. Yeah. 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 We got a lot of pickup shots there. Oh, cool. And then turns out the canyons we were in in Utah were I guess almost perfectly compatible. Well, very close right, to the right. trees. Oh, wow. and stuff.
7: It's the same uh like latitude. Yeah. Right? It's like did just didn't go know. east.
6: yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but, but, like, to the point, like, I think the first thing I had was a poster. And then I, like, took the poster to a writer. And they were like, this looks really cool. Love the name. And I was like, yeah, picture this. And then yeah. they wrote into that. And then it's like, all right, fix these things. And then it was like, that went to a business partner. And she was like, I love it. Just gotta. Dude,
7: can you help me pitch my movies now? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then we just
6: started like, yeah, making artwork and stuff. And then like I sent I think I took a meeting with a director and showed her the art, you know. And mm. yeah. I like, oh, wow, this is cool. You know, there's something here. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what we've what's what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so
4: then that's turned into uh lipstick click and so so is that where Posse, like that's where it all originated and then now it's this or is it I mean... What's under the umbrella of what you guys have? Night of the Cadillacs? Night of the Cadillacs Mm -hmm.
6: was the original idea. And they had all these different gangs. Yeah. So we were like, we want a Latina gang. We want a female Asian girl gang. We want the scrappy kind of Ventura OC, like scrappy punk dudes, you know? Uh, And we wanted these kind of like slick... Handsome, kind of like old school Matt Dillon kind of crew of of Lady Killers, these guys you like know? the Outsiders type of thing? Yes. Mm, Hell yeah. yeah, and and very drugstore cowboy Matt Dillon era, and then we uh the
5: Chamberlains, the Chamberlains. Want we
6: wanted English, we wanted a Blue like boys. posh, yeah, like British black, kind of like TSA's uh, Bentleys. Not West Coast, but more like England, grime, dr- the drill, drill music, grime like that, that kind of Jamaican accent, Jamaican British accent, if I'm, yeah. if I'm not messing that up right now, but something like that has a different <coughs> vibe to it.
7: A lot of different cultures and you know different groups. I mean, that's reflective of the world, right? You want to show you know what the world is and how many different people there are and how unique we are, right? Um, what are some of your favorite characters within each gang? Or gang. Is gang the right term? I didn't yeah, yeah. know. Okay.
5: They're all gangs. I mean, shit. You got you got our guy Steve. He's like the pretty boy, lady lover. Elder ladies love him, you know? You got the Stitches is kind of like, you know, perfect for me and Brock, you know, those kind of characters. I love that name, the Stitches. The Stitches. And then you got, like, Killtown is, a you know, Korean, Asian girls that are just badass, hot, you know, they'll they'll fuck you up. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll 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 ruin your life. And then the the cholas is our, you know, like they're shape-shifting cholas that are sexy, tattooed, you know, gangbangers and they're fucking sick with their fangs and they'll ruin your life too. Yeah. <laughs> and they got these crazy fucking um razor ribbon lassos that <laughs> rip people's heads off. Sick. Sure. And then you got the Chamberlains, yeah. which he was just elaborating on, and that was our, you know, like, Ghost Royce. He's like a, you know, I mean, what would you, like...
6: Yeah, like, he's got, like, dreads. They, they they have this kind of, like, crazy makeup. Because what, what, what we really wanted to make sure was, like, nothing's normal. Like, everything's stylized. Like, everyone's got to have a cool style. So right. style is, like, really important to us. So... We didn't want anybody to just be playing like you could do a drama. No one fits in a drama, right? So like, all the Chamberlains have like this face paint and grills, and uh, they wear these really nice suits, you know. And and we're inspired by by a lot of old kind of '70s movies too from that era, like with Dan oh, sure. Greer and stuff. It's yeah. just like that that f- cool flavor, you know. So. Um, Yeah, those are the primary. And then they all live in a place called Blood World City. And that's run by a guy named Papa Duke, who's like this Serbian. I love that name too, Papa Duke. And he has a sister. uh, And then he has a wife that he stole. He was in love with this woman, and she was married to another woman. And he threw her wife off a balcony and and then basically made her marry him he's like the worst person in the world yeah yeah (laughs) he's awful sounds like he gets what he wants though he's he's (laughs) he's a psycho maniac and he has this kind of sidekick named ives who follows him around everywhere and does a lot of grimy stuff for him he's like his mini me yeah he he we really wanted if if he's kind of running the show because all these gangs are really serious people. Yeah, we needed him to be just the most awful person ever, so that he can so that they won't they know that he's got something above all of them, so he needs to be feared.
7: Yeah, I I think that's really smart with villains, right? You kind of have different tiers of villains, and you can really have fun with that of like who's afraid of who and like who can beat who, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. So and it's hard to create that too. It's not the easiest thing to like really develop those characters. And
6: yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we've been, what we kind of dreamed of was we, we were able to have a couple of things go our way recently and we were able to get different collaborators to speak on behalf of the, of the characters. Right. So, we have a Latina writer riding Lipstick Clicka. Uh, we have a Korean woman riding the Kill Town. Um, we have uh, a gentleman in Brooklyn and in Miami, they're a team writing for the Chamberlains. You know, we wanted to <clears throat> make sure the voices speaking on their behalf were as authentic as possible to the, to the culture. Yep. So, uh, and we've staffed we have like even the people writing for papa duke we have a uh, an amazing writer named amy and she's writing she's writing his voice and then we have this amazing writer named anna writing the stitches which are like all scrappy dudes you know mm-hmm.
7: so different writers for different um groups yeah mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting
6: so we have all of them writing separately at the same time yeah and then we let them know if there's a uh, a time uh, narrative that would clash. So if this lipstick clicker story is being written over here and then the Killtown story is being written over here, we have to monitor that they don't crisscross a, a date that's wrong. Or, yep. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, you know.
7: Consistency in the canon, right? You want the canon to be, um, I mean, I. Consistent. There's another word for it that I'm trying to think of right now, but absolutely.
6: Canon is so
7: important. Yeah. Keeping on that.
6: And, and one of our partners, Mark, is he's, uh, he's been in the studio system forever. He works, I think, does a lot of work with uh, Amblin and stuff. Nice. And, and he's really, like, micro with that stuff. Hell yeah.
8: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns.
0: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
2: Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports.
3: Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then...
2: Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah, I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator.
3: I'm Michael Costa, comedian, daily show correspondent.
2: And we're back with season two, because as it turns out f1's newest fan is still a little
3: dazed and confused
2: join us for season two of choosing sides f1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports
3: who makes money here? what's cfd how do you manage a tire you get back in there what are the rumors what's the gossip but you also know that someone's listening to your radio uh, i'm gonna pull up a picture of a tea cozy i, I want to see what this thing looks like are you gonna be doing that accent this whole pot?
2: Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
3: or wherever you get your podcasts. you find it. Yeah.
4: What made you want to go down the vampire route?
6: I don't know.
5: Well, you wanted, you wanted to do Lost Boys meets the Warriors. Yeah. So Lost Boys is just, you know, yeah. such a classic film. And The Warriors is such a classic film. You make that hybrid of vampire street gangs, which you really have never seen, besides a bladeish vibe. That you know their underworld is uh, gang, kind of ganged up. Yep. But yeah. um, you know you have those two gems, and you mix it together, and you you loop it into today's culture with what's going on in our world today. You know, you have you have something kind of fresh and new, and we we stay away from having cloaks and tight pants, and, you know, we don't want superhero shields. We don't no want, Dracula. you know, No, No, we want it to be as grimy, as street as possible. We want them to talk like we talk, you know, like, you know, street guys or, you know, anybody that's from that culture, that's how they talk. You want them to have that so they speak to the, that audience, you know. They speak to, you, you want the the authenticity to be really from the world we're creating, you know, even though they're from, you know, Blood World City, which is a parallel universe anyway to our, our world, it's a completely different place, but, you know, at the same time, who knows, you know, we might have a parallel universe somewhere out there, you know, there could be a whole nother podcast happening <laughs> 7 billion miles away, you know what I mean? You just never know. <laughs> there
7: probably is, in fact. Yeah hundred percent yeah I, I believe are, we, are we able
4: to monetize on those ones as well and bring them back to us <laughs> yeah,
7: i know uh, no comment
4: no that's awesome man yeah it's it's fu- it's a fun world the more you guys talk about it, and what we've read and what you've shown with us obviously over the, over the time frame it's like it's exciting to see where it's going and i know we caught up recently at a, a premiere at divinity right with uh, eddie alcazar a, a good buddy of mine directed and producer was steven sonnenberg and it was fun man it was it was a different a wild one it was a wild ride that took me on man i think we're gonna have him on the pod soon but um we were catching up and you were telling me that you guys have like really ramped up production you've got a lot more books in the works uh can you tell us a little bit about that right now Mm -hmm, mm
6: -hmm. we uh we partnered with sony japan and sick
5: that that department yeah
6: congrats oh yeah that's a big deal it the cool thing I like about that department is like they're so nimble. Like they, like I'll, I'll go over to their office and it's like, oh, we're gonna take you to this like stadium esports thing, you know? And it's like, oh, for your games. Well, yeah, but no, we're producing it. Like you're the producers of the event, yeah. And then we're gonna take you to a drone racing event. I'm like what? What is it? You know, it's Blade Runner. I've seen those. Yeah. And they're You're like great. we have a we have a drone racing thing, you know, I'm like, crazy. And then we want to take you over to meet the PlayStation guy. You know, and it's like but they have music in their title because they do it, but Annaplex is like a massive animation company and that's part of their division. So oh, wow. So they always they would always joke with me like the you know, the music part in their title is small in the world of what they do, but they do also music.
7: Right, it's all-encompassing yeah. kind of in that new tech world. Of, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense.
6: But their title is Sony Music Entertainment Japan, SMEJ. And then their logo, so not so you don't confuse it with Sony Music you, America, their logo's a little different. It says Sony Music, but th- this American one says Sony with a little paintbrush thing. And it's just, it's. Mm. they're very autonomous in their... They they just they have an office here, obviously, and then their offices in Japan are insane.
5: Right? Yeah, let's for clarity, Sony is a Japanese company, obviously, and that's the the major headquarters. That's the corporate headquarters. So it's like the cream of the. That's the top of the food chain of Sony. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we that did the deal. Yeah. That he directly has a relationship with these guys for years. Years.
7: That's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's like a dream scenario for it, an IP, right? It, it, yeah.
6: it is. And, 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 you know, to be honest, like they didn't give us insane amounts. They weren't like, here's a jillion dollars. It, it was just like, here's some. Working capital. Yeah. Right. To, to expand. Like mm-hmm. it's not pouring down cash, right? It's mm-hmm. just like, but it was like. Yet. Hey. Yet. <laughs> yeah. <not> okay. good. <laughs> but we have 21 books in production now. Yep. And we have. Uh, uh, art studio out of brazil storyboarding kill town one of
7: my um main colorists Denai Ribeiro. shout out he's he's down in brazil mm-hmm. he is i love his work
5: yeah um, you guys your you, you, your your art looks beautiful mm-hmm. oh uh, i mean
7: thank you it's mm-hmm. all them right it's all shout artists, out to the like guys Denai, who make it happen yeah. Yeah, but right. there's a huge um really good professional comic book industry in Brazil mm-hmm. for sure
6: mm-hmm. um, in Manila yeah we have four studios in Manila so every because of the time difference every night you know three or four in the morning if I go to the restroom or something I'll, i i look down in my viber and it's just pages popping in from right right four different studios
7: isn't that the best feeling though getting new art <laughs> right is. like because i run to brock every time
6: <laughs> <laughs> and and you know you gotta poke people and you know please hurry <laughs> what's, yeah. take, what's taking so long yeah. uh
7: and then you're like i can't rush the creative process right like that's always the excuse and it's like no like deadlines are healthy yeah. deadlines yeah. are healthy like
5: well you could always go back to when we had no money and it was kicking and screaming with Mm -hmm. five cents Mm -hmm. yeah to get everything going too that was always a lot of stress for all of us mainly shawnee and you know taking something from nothing and turning it into something is the fucking hardest thing in the world man yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) there's nothing more harder than turning nothing into something i completely agree
7: no. It, it, it requires an insane amount of work ethic which you guys both have in spades right it requires the passion and the creativity to want to do it right um and i love that you said that because that's something we talk about a lot on the podcast right is um what are you interested in what do you love and what are you going to do to get there right um what have been some of your biggest obstacles would you say along the way um, that's usually a
6: good resources. Yeah, just not having resources that we, because we, what we're trying to build, we forget is like Mount Everest, you know. And mm, if you compare yourself to Mount Everest, you're like, well, look at all these things I don't have, you know, tools. Because I think, I mean, you got your guys are you guys are gnarly worker psycho like us, you know. And it's like <laughs> you see. You know, people say, "Well, you're not competing." I mean, you kind of are, and you aren't not not we're not, but like in the community, there's a allotted of amount of airtime and budgets and productions, and you know, we've all seen other things go that we're like, "How did that go?" You know, or right. it's and you try not to like you want to just root for everyone all the time, but you you know you're looking going, "Well, we want to we want a place, we want to." piece of land yeah. and this too you know and we've got some we think's pretty hip and we could use some resources to swing the bat at it you know well
7: what would be your advice for people out there where you know they have an idea and they are limited on resources but they're trying to you know get something done like what were a few like moves you can make to kind of
6: i i mean we one of the people we're, we're really impressed with that works with us is uh we have the the writer of uh lipstick Licka is a person you uh, actually she'd be a great guest for you guys uh her name's kaden phoenix and latina and uh, she like built she started a, she did a kickstarter she was like there's no latina superheroes anywhere she like i can't find any which is insane and she's like i'm starting a, a universe you Know and she like kick started a, a graphic novel and then went to every comic book store in like every single store and did and si- did signings. Blue Beetle is one
5: that's the Latino,
8: yeah,
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Latina. But but Latina. Latina, yeah. Well, all oh, right, yeah, I, I, I wasn't so focused on the gender, she, she, yeah. uh, she kicks well, she, but she kick started a book, yeah.
7: Within Blue Beetle, like within those groups of characters, they're, yeah, they're a superhero. They're yeah, both they're, types they're, of genders. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Kind
6: of okay,
5: I mean, that's DC, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
6: So she built this universe, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to collaborate with her because she's like so proactive on like not waiting and just starting. Yeah, just like start fucking and start. She, so she, exactly. she, she literally did a Kickstarter. It was successful. She just signed a big publishing deal. She's got like ten books coming out. Oh yeah, 12, like maybe twelve. She
7: sounds like she kicks ass. Yeah, yeah.
6: You, you, you'd have a, a, a really inspiring podcast with her for sure. And and she's got a big manager now, negotiating with the big studios. Like yeah, she's we, gonna she's gonna blow up any second now. Yeah, we'd love and, to have her on. And we we were lucky to to meet her, and 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 she liked the project, you know. But I think the the advice I think is like. Some people have more resources than others, right? But, like, it's just punk rock. You know, if you can be punk rock, you can get started, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if that's a good answer to someone listening that is like, well, I literally have minimal to no resources. But yeah. I mean, we, our whole universe was built out of Starbucks, Coffee Bean. Yeah,
5: we had no resources to yeah. get into the comic book space. Not, nothing. Not nothing. It was just a dream to get this into something, to turn it into something. it's The Rock has a great saying. He goes, one day or day one. I'm going to do this one day or day one. Start. Go. No matter yeah. what. And just like vision board it. Go. Grind. Kick and scream. And, you know, you got to work for free. You got to do favors. You got to get any kind of piece of it. Whatever you got to do to get anything – in motion get the ball rolling you want to just do everything in your power with your if you have zero resources she must have not have any resources start a kickstarter instagram yeah. facebook tiktok that's all your resources you need you say you find a problem you figure out the solution that's it she was like there's no latina superheroes Boom.
4: She can fix it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 You got to put it out in the universe. You got to talk about it. And that's even, you know, moments like this or you're at a coffee shop and you're talking about, I got this idea, you know, this and that. I want to do this. I don't have the money yet, whatever. You don't know who you're going to be talking to. You don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know if they're going to introduce you to somebody and it's going to open that door. You want to do it. It's a matter of being, like you guys are saying, proactive, right? And, you know, just like you said, The Rock has a great quote. I've always loved the one from uh, Quinn Tarantino. He says, you don't have to go to film school you know you don't have to know how to make a movie you don't have to have these amazing cameras and lenses and all that stuff he's like if you love making movies if you really love making movies if you love you cinema. can make a great movie yeah, yeah if you love cinema I remember exactly that. and it's that it's it's if you love it go fucking do it mm-hmm. you know like figure it out and the thing too it's like i've been in these places that are amazing you know like legacy effects for example they make all the suits for marvel all every kind of sasquatch or crazy you know halo suit or whatever you get on the high the, you know five million dollars for the little uh baby yoda which someone's gonna right, fire me for that, right? so sick you know but then i've been in there and i've seen all that and it's mind-blowing it's amazing right and they're doing it on the highest level but then they'll constantly bring people in that are innovators of like oh yeah i made this predator mask out of like coca-cola cans and Twitch twigs you know like or whatever and it looks sick and, they, yeah. and they're they like how did you do that you know like we can't even figure that out or do and it's because they're going out and and finding a way if you love something you know, there's and that's what i say all the time dude is there's always a way Yeah, there is. it may not be the way you think it's supposed to go or mm-hmm. the, way, the way it's gonna like yeah. you know but it, there is a way yeah you just got to find that way and go do it
6: yeah and I, I think writing stuff on a whiteboard
4: so many whiteboards around the house
6: it, yeah it, it, because you have to stare at it yeah like I didn't do that thing I wrote, you know. You got you write it up there, and then you got to check it off. Live
7: with it. Uh huh. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I'm. A, i You know, everyone's got their opinions on it, but I'm a big fan of checklists too, man. Like I like to just have it there, get it done, check it off, move on to the next thing. I don't think about it anymore. But if it's open box, that thing's gonna drive me nuts. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Especially
6: if it's something you don't feel like doing, that's a pain and not glorious or fun. You especially write that up there. Yeah. Because it's like. Because it's like, you want to put it off, because it's not, it sucks. But put it up there. Like, he always hears me complain about admin. Admin, administrative stuff makes me insane. Yeah. Like, yeah. M- p- me punching into a spreadsheet is a bad idea. Right, you know? right. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and me organizing taxes and stuff is a horrible idea. Yeah. And it's just like, a gallon of coffee and just like, two fingers yeah. packing a bunch of yeah. stuff. Like you got to, you, you know, if you... Don't file you you lose your trademark you lose your trademark you just wasted your time you know yeah. your copyright what, what you, all that stuff you know and I, if I don't put it on the whiteboard I'll, I will blow that off
5: you you got to go through the sacrifice you know you can take the route of you know least resistance and get a job and that's your nine to five or you can be your own entrepreneur and build something from nothing and the hopes that you have something with an exit that's so life-changing that's unbelievable changes everybody's life around you but to get that you have to go through the pain the sacrifice the 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 sleepless nights of how you going to pay your bills you don't have a salary coming in that is when your resources and every idea of how do I make things going, that's where you where all that stems from is because you have no other way to figure it out but Mm -hmm. to figure it the fuck out. And you go and kick and scream and cry and grind and just fucking how am I going to get to that next level and constantly believe in yourself, believe in what you do. Don't spread yourself too thin on a bunch of things that you don't believe in. Do a bunch of things you do believe in and then... I think that's how you can build something, you know, when you have no resources, nothing. Because, I mean, I, I played guitar. When I got into this business, I didn't know anybody. And then I got introduced to a singer, and we started our band, and then we was on tour around the world for 10 years. Then I met Shawnee. I met all, a lot of people in my life in the music business, but it started from nothing, from day one. The day one, I went to a practice studio when I was 15 to meet the, the singer of the band that I had a career with. 15, from 15 years old to 23, we signed to Elektra Records. That's almost 10 years. Yeah. So that's, we, we, we did nothing but try to figure it out from there until 93 to 2003, our record came out. Think about that. That's how you, you know, when you have no resource. But if you have resources, then you got to learn how to utilize them. Because I know so many people with so many resources, they don't know how to do anything with it. And that's shocking. That's a
7: really good point. Honestly, I, um, it takes, it's not just resources, right? It It's Execution. all those things. I, and you articulated it better than I'm going to even try to right now, but it's essentially, you know, that's where I think the intangibles come in. If resources are the tangible thing that gets it made, it's all the intangibles, the, you know, the passion stuff we're talking about, mm-hmm. the work ethic, all that. Um, and yeah, I, it is kind of surprising the people that have the resources, just not no drive, you know, or they don't believe in it or whatever. Um, but you know, it's just switch up and find something else that you do like, right? Yeah. Like, or, um, anyway.
4: Yeah, man. So what's, uh, what's the dream vision for, uh, for you guys? Be
5: as big as Marvel. Oh yeah.
6: I, I, th- I think we, we, we're speaking to a different community a bit too like we have a slogan that says uh no capes no tights yeah <laughs> and and it's like what was it we had this saying it was like cuz we we were making apparel but we didn't want it to feel like merch we wanted it to feel like apparel and we called it streetwear for gangster nerds <laughs> and that's cool we wanted like if the, if the, the, you know, quote unquote ner- nerdy person wanted to have like a scrappy go-to brand, we wanted to be that for them. And then if a scrappier person wanted to kind of be, be a little fairy tale supernatural-ish, we wanted to be the brand for that person. Yeah. So that's why we have characters like Ghost Royce and little Trey and. Uh, Marissa a little snap and because and, and, we, we, we think we know who the community is that we can relate to and I don't know can a can a teenage kid in the Bronx relate to Captain America at the moment maybe not you know I don't know maybe maybe not we think we know who our black fingernail polished kids are and there's millions, of them. <clears throat> millions of them we think that's who our crowd is you know and that's they keep calling us like a punk rock marvel, which we think is kind of fun. But, like, we, you know, mm-hmm. we, we want to get resources to – we want to have a standalone Lipstick Clicker movie. We want to have a standalone Killtown movie. I guess next steps would be that we think are realistic would be after these books are starting to come out. We want to have an audio division. Uh, we want to have songs for all the gangs, original songs, vinyl, playlist. We want to have a music company that is telling the narratives.
7: Being the- at Sony, I mean, that's perfect, yeah, right?
6: Yeah, yeah. And, and and I guess the most realistic thing we're trying to do now is go, how do we go make the stitches at a price, standalone movie, Kill Town, Lipstick Click Up, how do we go make these separate? Because I, we feel if we have a small boutique company and these books are out and they're in the stores and then our brand is at the front of a couple of standalone movies we think there would be a somebody at a senior level at some place would come in and say let us pour gas on this for you guys. That's what we're strategizing is what we think is obtainable Is we think we could probably raise the right capital to get those going and then we Unless we really screw that up somehow, I think we believe there's a partner somewhere that's like, you guys have driven the car pretty well, but let us give you some turbo gas.
5: There's that's a right saying, right? we didn't get this far just to get this far.
6: <laughs> <Yeah>.
5: <laughs> we got a long ways to go. So and, you're
7: one-upping us on the Saints this episode. I love it. The rock one I love.
5: That one I love.
7: Huh. That's great. And, and,
6: and we've really been, we've been doing a lot of branding. We did a beer yeah, a beer collaboration. Yeah, oh, wow. Tarantula Hill. Yeah, yeah, it's dude,
5: lipstick liquor. Yeah, it's yeah. An old shout old out. Yeah, it's yeah, the Circus Liquors. All it's like yeah. the SoCal Mexican lager. It's actually fuck. Oh, well, I didn't taste it because I don't drink. But if they have an NA one, let's create an NA yeah. non-alcoholic beer. I'll drink that any day. But I'm sure it's delicious.
6: But it was fun uh, to yeah. walk in the store and see it. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I went and shot a couple of places. I went to the Valley somewhere. It was friggin'
6: far out in the valley. I was like,
5: I love it going out here and then there's our beers in there. I'm like, that's so that's so cool.
6: And I think it's too, just to put the message out too that we're not just ink on paper, yeah. you know, and, and there's a candle company doing Lipstick Click of Candles now and there's another beer drop coming and uh, we're going to probably keep doing collabs with, the, with our brands on top of the books to kind of, I don't know, start stamping yeah you know? and and uh you know but yeah the next step would be would be live action um that's what we want to do next. yeah
7: hell yeah i'm like
5: i'm sitting here when did you guys first meet is there a good story there we 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 know each other from the gym but With um, my other company, we have like Mm -hmm. we 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 were building supplements, so we were doing fragrance, so we were doing cosmetics, so we were doing uh, we're doing well. We we do fragrance now. Ashley Benson's uh, fragrance called Ash by Ashley Benson, that one's doing well. But in the time we were curating all that, you know, we were we were introduced by a former employee with to Brock and his friend um, uh, Eddie, 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 and we and we met at Craig's and. We hit it off with both the, the birthdays are the same day, pretty much. We're both Leos and we're both at the gym and we're just like, we've, we, you know, instantly became brothers. So that's how, and then we started talking about comics and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And then that's when we met and I was like, you guys are so similar. We're so similar. Yeah, like, it's like, this is like, you know, it was just like, uh but our, yeah, we, we just became, and then we have great stories and, in mammoth but we'll leave that to <laughs> yeah. the, the the when we bring rob weiss on the podcast yeah oh there we go yeah he yeah, said yeah. he wants to come i was on facetime with him earlier so we got to do another podcast Rob, yeah, we, we'll, we'll talk go. about the mammoth oh, man. the mammoth day oh that's amazing <laughs> yeah so hey, we had a you know obviously you know if when we get into the live action stuff with the stitches him and i's characters would be really you know based on our characters i mean we're just like He's from Orange County, so that's yeah. a whole nother animal of just, like, how authentic it is to where Shawnee kind of spawned these characters with Terrence, and, um, you know, we everything happens for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, nothing, you know, like... Like and the fact that you guys were just launching your comic when when Kane the first issue came out, it was just like you guys you guys were still like in pencil mode. I remember when we went to Craig's, yeah. all of yeah, us. Yeah, we you great were dinner. still in yeah, you were still in pencil. You were still penciling. You weren't even coloring yet. Yeah, like the yeah, cover I mean, color
7: started mm-hmm. writing. Like, you know, another thing you said that resonated was the I think it was about writing where it's like just go over and over again. Maybe it was you. I can't remember, but essentially just keep going and going and going, throw it out, you know, start over. Cause that was my process with the writing was I rewrote the first issue like 30 times and then, you know, kept even kept growing after that. But anyway, not to tangent too far on that, but that just resonated with me. Um, just grind it out for sure. But yeah, that was a great dinner.
4: Yeah. That's
5: fine. Oh uh, yeah. Good old Craig's.
4: Yeah, man.
6: So you was got, it? you guys have way more books. than than last time
5: oh
7: yeah for sure I mean well if we're going all the way back right um we're doing a bunch of big announcements at comic-con so we're kind of saving some for that but yeah we have uh 10 books between the two volumes of Kane and McKenna uh volume one of each and then we're announcing one two three four at least four new uh I guess we can call them franchises within the franchise, right? Kind of like you guys have mm-hmm. the different, um, where different periods in history, ancient Greece, ancient Rome, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we'll be announcing, damn 15 to 20 new books. You guys have we're variants
5: well. coming out too? Yeah.
7: Yeah. We're working on some variants like, uh, Kane volume one that we did like a sweet wraparound cover for that, Sick. which is pretty cool. Right. Um,
5: yeah, working on some some cool variants. Awesome.
8: Yeah, we should good.
5: definitely uh at one point, you know, figure out how to get on the lot with Shawnee and spitball how to, you know, cross the universes at one point, you know, or something.
7: I mean, that would be epic, right? Yeah, yeah. You know?
6: cruise over. Let's have lunch. Let's figure out how to Kane. Uh, gets let's in manifest a, us g- gets into an, some new in a world. Fight with Ghost Royce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
7: is it the culver lot the culver city one yeah. yeah yeah that's where the majority of the ray donovan studio stuff mm-hmm. was so i you know you used to work there. there
5: well on the show like oh, when sir. when
7: i was a pa on ray donovan a lot of the My stuff man. was on
5: it you started from the bottom i love hearing that
7: yeah i was a pa from like 17 to 24 doing Mark different yeah. stuff yeah it's Fun as hell yeah you Action learn passed.
5: everything man you yeah. learn IPA for my boy zach you know for his commercial co- um, company i paid for like a week just to know what it's like i yeah. did background just to know what it's like you know a few yeah. times when i was starting to act you know what i mean it's like i was never too good for anything like that's how i feel like you really learn this business back to tarantino's point that brock brought up you know you gotta love cinema if you love this business you cannot be a bad filmmaker meet people that make shitty movies they don't care they're transactional they don't give a fuck they're tasteless they don't have any kind of you know skill set they're just like oh i make movies i make money right it's the complete opposite man when you're an artist like we are and Dude, I love hearing that you did that, man. That's awesome. Because we all grinded it out in this business, man. Brock and I with the acting stuff, you know what I mean? And then all of us as producers and writers and creatives. And, you know, I have directed my first film, which was I got thrown into like a whirlwind with that. And I didn't know I could. And I'm getting feedback from some of the biggest players in this game that I, that I made a really good movie. And I'm like, I did? Like, I don't even know. I'm like, how did I do that? Because I started from the bottom, I didn't know shit. But we, what working in this business? You don't need to go to film school. Working from the bottom, you learn everything. As I call it, learning while you're earning. Yeah. Even if you're earning a few dollars, you know Bob Iger's first thing he says on his on the masterclass. He goes, "Hi, I'm Bob Iger." In my first job I was a PA for blah 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 at ABC I was making 175 dollars a week. Bob fucking Iger. Now he's making 50 million a year. I didn't oh, know a, I didn't know he PA that Yeah dude sure. watch his um class Oh it's it's amazing. Oh yeah. So that's just you know to uh, not to, uh, to allude to like the you know people who have no resources and they got to start in this business start as a PA start as background That's how you meet people. That's how you connect. And then you build. It takes years, years. It's brutal, but it gets done. It gets done.
7: And it all stems from that passion, for sure. You got to enjoy the struggle like golf. You're not going to be Tiger Woods your first day of golf, right?
4: Or probably your last day. (laughs)
5: Yeah. (laughs) If you think about Tiger Woods, he was playing golf at seven. and He was better than half the people playing now. I mean, it's unbelievable when you see... Like Kobe's track record, right? all these guys, like Kobe, was always training. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Always training. He said uh, he was there more than anybody. He was at the on the courts playing and practice, practice, practice. If you don't practice, you know you're not sharpening your tools. What are you gonna do? So you know that's there's so many layers to the process, right? But it's just constant, constant pushing and believing in yourself and knowing if you give up now. There's a saying. Not a not saying this is a true story that happened in the gold rush. I'm gonna botch it, but I'm gonna try my best. So, there was a guy from the East Coast that heard about where these minings were during the gold rush, and he bought all this gear, borrowed all this money to go and dig for gold. He just was a guy from the street that didn't know nothing. I think he was like a shoe sale. I'm not exactly, um, I'm, I'm, you know, giving the the, the, the the exact background of what he did. But he didn't know what he was doing. He went to the gold place to mine, had all this gear, all this money owed. He wasn't making any. He would find a little gold to pay a little bit back. He would find a little. He was It was a struggle. He gave up. He fucking gave up. And he sold all his gear to a scrapyard guy for pennies on the dollar. It's a true story. You can look it up. He sells everything to the guy, the scrapyard guy, for pennies on the dollar. The, the scrapyard guy's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do with this. What I, he, but he's like, I'm gonna hire someone that does. He hired a geologist. What is the word for people who do gold? Geologists, geo- uh, geo- yeah. yeah, whatever. The, yeah, geologists. Geologists. He hired a geologist. The geologist went to where he was mining. The guy was three fucking feet away from the gold, Ugh. where he gave up. He fucking gets the gold whatever billions of dollars or whatever it was he goes back to the guy he goes hey brother you got to get in on this i'm not gonna let you slide on this because there was three feet away you gave up right there and he brought him back inside the deal wow that's so that's cool. the that's the point is never give up no matter how hard it gets i didn't expect that ending yeah. i didn't at no. all yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's a real thing
4: yeah i've heard that. i think it's yeah. a, in a book somewhere that i, forgot yeah. that I read but yeah, it's like about giving up three feet from gold or something. Like, it's like an actual saying.
5: Boom, never give up. That's yep. the moral of that story because at the end of the day, it gets tough. You start freaking out about bills. You start sweating. You start wondering how you're going to pay. your You start selling shit. You start freaking out, taking loans. You owe this. You owe that. That's the price of being an entrepreneur. You want to have it all. You got to eat so much shit to get. <laughs> to get it, you know what I mean? Like yeah, no, at the end I'm, of the day. 100%. It's brutal. it's brutal. But at the end of the day, I guess I hope, I would hope that the the outcome uh, is
6: worth it. Hell yeah. You won't know if you don't try.
5: Yeah,
4: yeah man. You got to dream a bigger dream. Yeah. It's going oh, more man. selling
7: those tools.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. But what's uh one one more thing on my mind was uh what with it was your I believe your first Launch right your first release and maybe it was a, a variant right you did some incredible numbers right out the gate right
6: yeah we 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 were shocked because we don't know how you know how, is it good is it bad yeah. yeah yeah and we did our first book with it's Scout one. yeah and then they have really good distribution they have Lunar and Diamond both. yeah and then in Canada they have like Universal like they they do well with that and. They would call like every day. They would be like, "The order just went up, and it went up again, and now Lunar matched it, and now they want." You know, I mean, it's not like Spider-Man numbers or anything, but it was. It was. We started selling thousands of books, getting thousands of orders, and then we had this idea for these blinged-out fangs of a photo. And and I called Scout and I said, I wanted to like a. 80s nudie magazine, but it's not, there's no nudity. But I wanted to have that magazine liquor store feel right (laughs) from high school, you know. (laughs) And 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 I go, I no one's gonna ever see that in the store. And then he called me, he was like, Those variants are gone, and we started seeing them for $300 Uh, eBay,
5: dude, 400. I saw one for, yeah, I was blown away.
6: And and I've seen them a lot cheaper lately because I think maybe. There more got put into the market or something. I don't. I don't quite know how that collectible thing works, but yeah, they were gone. And then the second one came out, and then like a store in North Carolina did a really big order, but wanted a variant just for their store, and it was like a thousand units or something. Wow. And then there was a one in Canada that wanted a variant just special to their store, and it was like five hundred units or something. And and we and they just kept getting these orders. You know, yeah. I it for us it was shocking.
5: Yeah, sounds like over twenty thousand at one point. We yeah, like, I I texted out the, ago, the or
6: other or day. I said I don't know our exact numbers, but is it twenty thousand? And he was like, at least, at the least. And I was like, I text the CEO and asked him. He was, I was like, that's weird. You know, to us that's cr- a lot of crazy. Yeah,
5: that's no marketing.
6: With no marketing. Really? No. 0. 0. 0. 0.0 Now 0. we just
5: started the Instagram. We started to get into that. You know, we'll move into paid media at some point. When we have, like, more content that we can utilize is that. We'll, we'll go into that because we we were DIY. We were underground. And those kids, those comic book, you know, the comic book community was the one word of mouth. And there's no there's no better marketing than word of mouth.
8: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs then medium wigs. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
2: Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports.
3: Lily Herman, my co-host in Season 1, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then...
2: Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. Psh. I'm Tony Cameron Brown a tech, culture and F1 commentator
3: I'm Michael Costa, comedian, daily show correspondent
2: and we're back with season 2 because as it turns out F1's newest fan is still a little
3: dazed and confused Yeah, hundred percent.
6: I I had a a, a wow moment where I was in Palm Springs at a coffee shop, and a mom and pop coffee shop. And I went in, and there was this girl working the cash register. I don't know; she's probably in her twenties or something. And I was like, "Yeah, give me a cold brew or whatever." And she she goes, "Hey," she goes, "Are you that night of the Cadillacs guy?" I was like, "Yeah." She was like, oh I am." And she was like, "She was like, that's really cool. You're in here." I was like, "Okay," but it was like weird, you know? well it's out in the world, right? Yeah. Well,
5: let's 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 let's. let's, I mean, let's compare, but not compare. Stan Lee worked at DC. You know what I'm saying, right? Was that didn't he work at DC? Before starting Marvel and all that, yeah, really, Uh, maybe, yeah, yeah, I believe, I believe so. I could be wrong, but I believe he worked at DC and he was, yeah. We can look it up right now. Maybe somebody can fact check. Can you check
7: that? Yeah, I didn't know that. That's a trip if it's true. Like,
5: damn. And he pretty much, if this is right, then if not, then let's cut it out because I believe he did. Yeah. No worries. No worries. Oh, yeah. So I'm not crazy. Yeah. No, Thank I mean, you for the fact, check. I believed you. No, I no, no. You. I, 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 I did not believe myself. Sometimes I dream these things and I believe in them. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, I know the feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Brock's like, yeah. Will, you're wrong. Yeah. So he was like, I'm going to create my own thing. I mean, fuck. He started it from nothing. He's from Queens. He had nothing. You know what I mean? He had to figure it out. Look what Marvel has turned into. When did Marvel... Start put their first uh, what was Wolverine? The first one what was it like, oh, X Men was the first X Men or Wolverine? Well, Fantastic Four in the 60s, right? So, think about that the 60s. When did they go into live action? 95 98? What the fuck? I mean, the Hulk was, was a TV show Blade in the was 70s, technically
7: Marvel Blade was a Marvel property,
5: yeah. Yeah, um, but even but, well, they did the Hulk TV show with Luke show, Frigno, yeah, 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 yeah. So way back. six, so ten to fifteen years to get it to live TV or whatever from a comic, and yeah. he already previously worked at a, a place that was he had resources because he worked where there was Superman, Batman. I mean, come on, Wonder Woman, all those you know like, that was he he definitely had resources. So just think about back to the reason of. Why never giving up or how long and hard it is and how it is to get anywhere. Look how long it took Stan Lee to get from day one to what Marvel is the biggest studio in the game. There's nobody doing 10 billion to 15 billion annually in in the theaters. They do.
7: They have like 20 to 30 movies all over a billion in like the span of a decade. It's insane.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Sick. So that's, um, I'm glad that I wasn't wrong. So I said, <laughs>
6: smart. Yeah. And, and, and then on a whole other thing that is inspiring to me are like these movies, like Terrifier 2. Yeah. Oh, and,
5: dude, so cool. Good and, for them guys. To
6: see that punk rock, again, I love the DIY. I love mm-hmm. DIY people, punk rock. Like to see those, that wave of small movies hit, 50, that thing did 15 million at the box office. Sick. But budget was too. Two hundred fifty grand? They did yeah, more. It, did
5: it it Twenty million?
6: Very slim. I mean, and that what's that skinner Marine thing did four or five million? Yep, yep. And and, and was
4: it talk to me, did Yeah. Right? It's like a five yeah, five million dollar yeah, like, budget or something like that. Did like seventy or something?
6: Yeah. Yeah,
5: like
7: yeah. four or five to I season. love those stories. Yeah. yeah. I love those like, get
4: out.
5: Five million did over two fifty. Yeah. Not even the ancillary. Think yeah. about what it made in the ancillary. Those
6: those inspire me more speaking for myself. The big, the big hundred million dollar Marvel movies. I, I get it. I, I understand why they work. I well, get they're
7: it. really like three hundred million dollar yeah. Marvel movies, right? And, and in some cases, like three hundred and fifty, sure. With all the marketing mm-hmm. and the actual mm-hmm. delays and the reshoots and all that, like it's insane. Yeah,
6: and those are like breathtaking numbers. And 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 you know, I'm not saying don't dream at that level. But when I see Saw, right, Insidious when I see those things get made for a million and a half, you know, and hit, and they hit a lick off 130,
5: those 150.
6: without the machine. I mean, they probably have wide releases and all that stuff, but like, mm, those are what keep me up at night. Is like, cause, cause in my mind, I'm like, I feel like we're not far off from one of those being able right. to do that. And, and the recoupment being so quick, you know, and and I don't know. I I I kind of focus on those stories. It's a good thing to focus on. Yeah, because I feel like it's not that far off. Yeah. You know, whereas someone's giving me Spider Man data, <clears throat> it's a little harder for me to relate to it. Um. But like the Terrifier thing, it really makes me happy.
7: Yeah, Bone yeah. Tomahawk. Yeah. Craig Zeller.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Russell. Yeah. So good. Uh-huh.
4: Yeah,
7: yeah, that's my world for sure. It's the indie indie world, 100%.
4: Awesome. Yeah. Sick, dude. Well, where can uh people find your guys' stuff?
5: Um, uh, ScoutComics.com. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. On our uh, Night of the Cadillacs Instagram, we have a link to it as well. Um, we haven't really been focusing. I mean, it's all over eBay. There's every f- comic book, magazine, um, outlet, or i mean golden apple i mean it's it's, it's in stores as well i i mean i can't really you know elaborate on which ones they are i know that we have a, a lot of stores that carry them um but online you look up night of the cadillacs or lipstick clicker and i mean you just see everything everywhere it's tons of tons of articles links and things that can get you to you know purchase and check out the the vibe of it, yeah, it's, it's 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 kind of wild if you go and down the rabbit hole of looking. Because I remember when we started, we we were like so many days in my old apartment, just fucking like we got no resources. We were so like dried up, man, and it was brutal. I've, I'm just like thinking about then and now, and I would always tell Shoni, man, think about five years from now, man, we're gonna have all the fucking resources, all this, and then now. We're there, and we're like, we want more. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah, ain't yeah. enough. But if yeah. we look back at where we were, I'm like, we're gonna years, run out of this. <laughs> yeah. We're running out. <laughs> Fuck, being human, more, right? Yeah. So you know, it's it's cool to to see that now we have access to say, yeah, you can buy something and have a tangible asset in your hand. Yeah. You know, like, and then one day we're gonna be like, now it's a fucking movie, and fans that we've curated through this universe is going to go want to see it. Yeah. So this is the next phase of this journey is the the live, you know, the the, the you know, live action and then the 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 toys and the, and the spin-offs and the series and the merchandise and the you know, that's why I you know, me and him, we dreamed for that level. And that's why I, I do not would never compare us to Marvel. Marvel's a whole nother animal. DC's a whole nother animal. But, hey, man, we want to be the punk rock Marvel that people call us, you know? You know, I'm sure you guys have the same for Kane. You know what I mean? Like, you want, you know, a, a, you, you've built this to grow your world into something that's going to grow into everything that you can do anything you want into any vertical you want, you know? And that's what I think is powerful about starting your own ip from day one which is brutal and it's
7: important too to find that niche though right like you i like how you you guys have kind of framed it this way the whole time of like the punk rock marvel or the you know the xyz marvel where it's like no we're creating our niche within Mm -hmm. the system and we're going to grow it organically that way and i think that's that's the key um Focusing on, you know, your target demo and then expand it. But, yeah. yeah, yeah.
6: And, and you don't know what's going to... Like, you plan this, and then that might accidentally lead you to this, you know, in so many levels. And it's like, like we, we brought in these writers on uh, the Chamberlains, and they were, like, pitching us. And then we we said, okay. And they started, and they turned in pages, and it's like, you know... Ghost Royce has a beef with a rival gang, a girl named Rotting Wolf, and I was like, "What? That's fucking awesome, you know." And we have this like Rotting Wolf character, you know, now that our artists are drawing and, and and her her team are wolves, you know, and 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 it's like, you know, we had, <clears throat> you know, I'm not ashamed to say what we didn't have prepped or do. It's a, you, you learn as you go, you know? Yeah, but it's yeah. like like we had a lot of uh, <clears throat> shootout stuff going on with these colored bullets. But we never really backed out the story of what those were. We just knew aesthetically they, it was different.
7: And you don't have to. You don't. You, you, like, you don't
6: have to off the bat, you know, let it sit, let it look cool, and then, you know, and, 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 when the
7: time is right, maybe. Yeah, you know.
6: and the same, these same guys were like, well, the blue... The blue trail; those bullets were blessed, and the red ones were cursed. Right. And I was like, "Home run!" You know, yep. yeah. like, like, wow. Thank, first of all, thank you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, and and second of all, you know, don't stop coming with these great details. You know, because it was just there's going to be holes.
4: Yeah. It's like lightsabers. Where'd the purple one come from? Yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah, right. Where'd the dual one come from? Who's that guy? With Darth, 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 Darth Maul. Maul. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah,
4: dude. We love what you guys are doing. Okay. Yeah. Um, how, how you feeling, dude? Amazing. I think that was great. Yeah. Well, you guys, do you guys have anything you want to say or share? Like, you want <clears throat> wants to plug anything?
5: Um, I want to win the lotto. Same, Somebody won 1.8 billion dollars Literally an hour from, Not even an hour from here Oh fuck me yeah. I was playing Praying I was fucking Putting in Like everything Next to these Things I was waiting like,
4: for it To get to one more number Like to a certain number And it was like 10 million off Or something Or like some, some Low number Compared to 1.74 billion Or whatever And then it won Right before it went To the one The seven five I'm It was like, an hour away like 30 minutes away like fresno or something i don't know but just
5: let's for clarity the person who won 1.8 billion let's just call it it an even number 1.8 billion dollars because it's such a racket he probably will walk away with 500 million dollars
7: oh yeah there's 40 50 tax right and
5: like and uh, then the 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 penalize they penalize you for taking it out all up up front.
7: Right, right.
5: So they make you think, oh, everybody in America put a, you know, keep playing the Powerball because you're going to win 1.8. And then you like, you know, then you have 100 million Americans putting in a a dollar or $2, $3. Think about how much money they make. It's unbelievable. It's
6: crazy. (laughs) Yeah.
5: yeah. Uh, I'd be
4: totally fine with 500 mil though.
5: (laughs) I would be stoked. (laughs) All right, boys. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Studio 22. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
1: I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to games with names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.